0: It's the Locked On Aggies Podcast, presented by Locked On Podcast Network, talking all things Texas A&M. Now, here's your host, Cole Thompson. Howdy, everybody, and welcome back into another episode of Locked On Aggies, presented by the Locked On Podcast Network. Cole Thompson here in the driver's seat, talking all things Texas A&M. And today, we're going to look ahead at the 2021 draft class. Now, the 2020 draft just recently came and went, but for AM, it was a very small draft class. Justin Matabike and Brayden Mayer were the only two players that were selected from the 12th man, while Kendrick Rogers, Courtney Davis, and Debony Renfro all will have their opportunity to make their marks as undrafted free agents. So 2021 will be a major year for college station players to make their mark and set the tone for the draft next April, but more importantly, One position reigns above all else, and that is the quarterback position. As Kellen Mond enters his final season up in College Station, where does he rank heading into the early 2021 draft prospects? Is he even the best quarterback in the SEC? We're going to break all that down today. Before we begin, make sure you're following us on social media at Mr. Cole Thompson. That is my name. I am the host of the show. I always love public feedback. Anything positive, anything negative, anything that could make or break this show and make it better, I will always take. So it's at Mr. Cole Thompson. And secondly, at Locked On Aggies. Locked on Aggies is your number one source for all things Texas A&M related content as part of the LOPN network. So make sure you give us a follow at Locked on Aggies and listen to us on iTunes, Spotify, and of course you can always download us at LockedOnPodcast.com. So why don't we start the show off just by talking a little bit about Kellen Mond and what we've seen from him in three years. The biggest thing of all is that he is the true starter for the 12th man. I think everyone could argue, well, there's a young guy in the mix. We, you know, we have Haynes King there. We have Zach Calzada. Until you start seeing Mon throw consistent interception after interception, I don't think you're going to see one of them even come close to touching the field in 2020. You have to remember that Mon has been the starter in some capacity since the final year of the Kevin Sumlin era. He split time with Nick Starkle back and forth, back and forth throughout the season. Starkle played some games. He played some games. They would both play in multiple games. He would play a couple drives. Starkle would play the next couple drives. So he's been a major part of AM's offense since the beginning of his career coming out of San Antonio. Now you have to look at what he was able to do in his first year with Jimbo Fisher. He took leaps. There was a reason why when he spoke at the press conference in Birmingham last year at the SEC Media Days, while a lot of people thought he was going to be one of the best quarterbacks in the league. And that's because of the team finished as the number 16th ranked offense and had two top 10 wins. To end the year, finishing it out eight and four, including that seven overtime victory against LSU. The first and only time AM has beaten the Tigers, either at home or in Death Valley. All those things add up to make it really special. But at the same time, Mont's progression came with a veteran presence. This was still a younger player, his first full year under center, and he was trying to make the most of his first season. He did that because if he had a reliable target in Jay Sternberger, the transfer from Kansas, and yeah, it was a new player, but he was a junior. He was very well documented for his H-back flex tight end position skills. He had young receivers that had played before in Kendrick Rogers, Courtney Davis, and Jamon Osbin. And he had the SEC league leading rusher in Travion Williams in his backfield. You add all of that together it's going to be easier for a quarterback to make minor mistakes and slowly progress the way you want him to. But when you lose out on those players who head to the NFL, like Travion Williams and like Jay Sternberger, you're probably going to take a step back. But Mond certainly has been nothing short of impressive throughout his three years. He started for two and a half seasons, and he's thrown for over 7,500 yards and about 1,300 rushing yards on the ground. He's been durable. He hasn't missed a game. The biggest thing about him is he doesn't have the arm strength. He doesn't have that wow factor with his cannon that allows him to be a big-time quarterback like the likes of some of the other guys I guess we're going to mention a little bit later. He has a very adequate arm. His decision-making last year was iffy to say the least. And maybe it was a Jekyll Hyde effect, I guess you can really put it in. Because at home, Kellen Baum was great. You can go back and watch every single A and M game last year, and outside of the first quarter of the Auburn game, and I'd say probably the first two quarters of the South Carolina game, mom was on point. He had very good games at home, but when he went on the road, and you know what? Maybe this is because of the schedule. I don't know. He struggled. The pocket would collapse. The offensive line was not helping him, by the way. I'm just going to throw that out there. The offensive line did not help anyway. 33 sacks allowed last year. But the line collapses, and he panics. You can watch every single 7-step drawback. And by the time he's in his 7th step, he's already bailing. He has no idea where he's going to go with the ball. Most quarterbacks, and most quarterback coaches and quarterback scouts I talk to, they know that where the ball should be going by about the fifth step on the road last year. Mom was unable to do that. And again, you look at some of the defenses they played Clemson, Brent Venables is known as the defensive guru and probably will be the greatest defensive coordinator taking over in the 2020s. Now with Bud Foster calling it a career at Virginia tech, you have LSU again, this is a defensive-minded team. And even though the offense was the storyline last year, the history of LSU is their defense. You can literally just go back and look at some of the picks from years and years and years. They 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 have a running for linebacker university with guys like Quan Alexander, guys like Devin White, then um you know several other players. You go look at the safety position, Tyron Matthew, Grant Delpit, Jamal Adams, the cornerback position, Patrick Peterson, Uh, You have Greedy Williams, you now have Devin uh, Stingley who's coming up, you have Christian Fulton, you have a ton of names who have played the position, Morris Claiborne even, when he was there, star player. These are defensive-minded teams, and when you play on the road, it does not become any easier. It does not. So, maybe that was part of the problem. But now he has another year under his belt. The biggest thing is that those freshmen that he was playing with last year and Isaiah Spiller and Aniah Smith are going to help him out a lot because they're going to have another year under their belt and the schedule's a lot easier. The end of the year is tough for A&M. I'm not going to sit here and deny that. They close out the year with Alabama and LSU. One in Brian Denny Stadium and one at home at Kyle Field for senior night. The rest of the schedule, if Colorado and Fresno State stay in and they don't have to do a switch with a different team, they're good. You look at the rest of their roster. Fresno State, they just got a new head coach, Kalen DeBoer. They're going to be kind of a, they're going to be slow start. Colorado going to be a slow start. Abilene Christian, that's an easy win. You have North Texas, South Luttrell is an improvement year. You got to get that win, and you got to get a big time win. You have Vanderbilt, Derek Mason. Everyone is still shocked. Derek Mason has a job in the SEC after completely regressing last year. And they really only had one player that was even good in Keyshawn Vaughn. He's gone. So again, this is the time for A&M to take that next step. But the only way that they can take that next step would be if Kellen Mond can figure it out, put together a nice drive here and there, and make it easier for the offense to put up points so the defense with Mike Elko can make those stops, and you can start seeing a high-scoring offense. Now, Kellen Mond will be going to the NFL draft whether he likes it or not, but will he be one of the top names to watch for when April rolls around next year? We're going to be breaking down some of the other quarterbacks he compares to, and I'm going to give my rankings for how the quarterbacks for the 2021 draft look heading into the start of the 2020 season in just a quick moment. Howdy, everybody. It's Cole Thompson from Locked On Aggies. And much like you, I'm trying to stay in shape during this quarantine without going to the gym. But part of staying in shape is by having the right nutrients added to your body. And I think I've recently found something that really is not only great tasting, but great for me. And that's in Built Bars. Built Bars are more than just a tasty treat. They are a protein-packed power bar that keep you going throughout the days. And they come in 16 amazing flavors, all covered in 100% real chocolate, plus they're soft and easy to chew. Bilt Bar is great for the health conscious guy because it helps you lose and maintain your weight while also having a delicious flavor added to your mouth. The bars are low calorie, low sugar, high in protein. Let me give you my favorite example for the peanut butter brownie. It comes with 20 grams of protein, 170 calories, 3 grams of sugar, and 3 grams of net carbs. 3 grams of sugar. You're not going to be able to find that anywhere else. Why don't you go ahead and try your favorite bar by going to BuiltBar.com and using the promo code on to get $10 off your first order. Remember, that promo code is locked on for $10 off BuiltBar.com. So go ahead and try your favorite Built Bar today. Not only will you be building muscle, you'll be building confidence in yourself to look better when it comes time for summer season. Gig'em, y'all! Locked on Aggies presented by the Locked On Podcast Network. Cole Thompson here in the driver's seat talking all things Texas A&M. Guys, let me get your opinion on something. If you like great podcasts by people who know exactly what they are talking about, in an element to make your day better, why not listen to a Locked On Podcast? The Locked On Podcast Network has over two dozen college sports shows, plus we have a ton of content surrounding the NFL, NHL, NBA, and MLB, and all the up-to-date information for everything going on with your fantasy sports teams. So why not go ahead, download us on iTunes, listen to us on Spotify, or go click on us at LockedOnPodcast.com and start listening to your favorite team's podcast every single day. Every single day is a Locked On Podcast day, and we want to help you make your day with the Locked On Podcast. So today we're talking about Kellen Mond and where he ranks among the 2021 draft prospects. At the quarterback position, Bill Bender of Sporting News wrote a great article that just came out recently about the top 25 quarterbacks entering this season. The reality, Kellen Mond is actually going to be ranked pretty high. I don't think anyone will deny, as the season begins, he is not a top three quarterback in the SEC. Where you rank him in the SEC is all up to you. But you look at what left. Joe Burrow, Tua Vailoa. Jake Fromm, you could even throw in names like Lynn Bowden Jr., you could throw in names like Kelly Bryan from Missouri, they're all gone. Now it's time for the new crop to kind of start up, and there's a couple names that come to mind, number one I think is Kellen Mond, and he ended up coming up as the number 12 overall quarterback to begin the year. Mond is 17-9 and as a starter with Jimbo Fisher in the past two seasons, and the veteran quarterback has proved his completion rating in rushing yards with each season. Mond has generated NFL interest, and he could be enhancing the team's winning percentage in big games in the SEC West. That's all true. Mond has been a consistent starter since Jimbo Fisher took over for Kevin Sumlin in 2018. The problem is that sometimes consistency isn't always a good thing. You want to have your games where you're very much on point. And you want to have your games where if you struggle, you know where the struggles are. Mond has not really been that. He's just been consistent. He'll throw for 200 yards a game. He'll likely, if he doesn't throw an interception, he's throwing maybe one or two touchdowns. This isn't a 63-touchdown guy. This is a, I'm going to throw about 25 touchdowns a year, rush for about, let's say, 8. And we'll finish with about 30, 31 touchdowns of my scoring. Now, whatever the offensive running backs do, we do pitches to the wide receivers, they could add some more, but I'm going to be about a 30-touchdown guy a year. And that's it. That's all I'm going to be. He was ranked the number two quarterback. Coming in after him at 14 was Kyle Trask. Trask stepped up in place for Felipe Farkas, who held the job with the Gators. He is an efficient passer. He completed 66.9% of his passes with 25 touchdowns and seven interceptions. He'll have the chance to play at the next level if he builds up the success that Burrow was ranked 14 on the list like last year. Is this number a good omen? Kyle Trask is a very good quarterback. I mean, you literally look at what Kyle Trask has done Taking over for Felipe Franks, I mean, yeah, there's no denying it. Florida was a very consistent team last year, and they lost their quarterback in Game 4. Franks have been the quarterback for the last two years. Trask comes in, Franks transfers. He goes to Arkansas because he knows he's not getting a starting job back. So that would make sense. But the number 1 quarterback entering the year for the SEC, according to Bill Bender, is Jamie Newman at Georgia. The Bulldogs found a replacement for Jake Fromm and Newman, who accounted for 2,868 passing yards, 574 rushing yards, and 32 total touchdowns with the Wake Forest Demon Deacons last season. He'll work with former Browns offensive coordinator Tom Bunkin in an order and effect to lead the long-awaited breakout at Georgia. The one thing I will say about Newman that he has that Mon also has is they're both dual threats. Mon can run the ball. And if you need more proof, watch the Texas Bowl game. He gets one good block, and he's off to the races. But Jamie Newman can make people miss behind the line of scrimmage. Mond's not as shifty as Newman. So again, you look at the numbers, comparing them right next to each other, they even up pretty well. Last season for Mond, he finished his junior year with 2,897 passing yards, 20 touchdowns, and 9 interceptions. Jamie Newman finished with 2,868 passing yards, 26 touchdowns, and 11 interceptions. So, you add a 2-to-1 ratio for touchdown to interception, they add up. Because he threw 6 more touchdowns, which would be the 2, and 2 more interceptions than Mond. But Mond actually threw more yards than him, and I believe had a higher completion percentage by about 1.6%. So, they match pretty well. Then you gotta look at the rushing yards, which a lot of people... You know, is it necessary? It isn't, but at the same time, it totally is when you look at some of the success from Patrick Mahomes to Deshaun Watson to now Lamar Jackson and Kyler Murray's of the NFL. They're adding more. So last year, Mon finished with 501 rushing yards and eight total touchdowns. Jamie Newman on the flip side finished with 574 rushing yards and six total touchdowns. The two matched together very well. The only difference is, is that I wonder what's going to happen with the offensive line, which now with Matt Luke as the O-line coach for the Bulldogs should only improve. They did lose Andrew Thomas and Isaiah Wilson, but they've had their replacements for the last year and a half, if I'm not mistaken. So overall, I mean they're they're very loaded at the offensive line position. That's still a problem for A&M. That's been a problem for A&M, especially in the SEC. Other names on the list, Mac Jones made it, uh, Bo Nix made it, Miles Brennan from LSU made it, and Bryce Young, the quarterback who has yet to even take a snap at Alabama, is the number 25 rated quarterback, according to Bill Bender. In the top 10, you have coming in at number 9, Tanner Morgan out of Minnesota, number 8, Brock Purdy out of Ohio State, number 7, Jaden Daniels out of Arizona State, number 6, Keaton Slovis out of USC, number 5, Ian Book out of Notre Dame, four Sam Ellinger out of Texas, three Sam Howell out of North Carolina, two Justin Fields out of Ohio State, and number one, no surprise, the obvious choice for the number one overall pick heading into the 2020 regular season for college football, Trevor Lawrence out of Clemson. Now here's the thing, some of these quarterbacks will not be draft eligible because of their only sophomores, because they're only redshirt freshmen or redshirt sophomores. And a lot of these players also will want to come back for another year. So we're going to take some of these names out, and we're going to put in order where Kellen Mon fits among the twenty twenty one draft prospects in just a quick moment. Locked on Aggies, presented by the Locked On Podcast Network. Cole Thompson here in the driver's seat, talking all the things Texas A and M. Guys, make sure you're following us on social media at Mister Cole Thompson and at Locked On. We're going to take a look at the top 10 names heading into the 2020 draft at the quarterback position and where Kellen Mond falls into this. So we just mentioned the top 25 quarterbacks. Here's some names we can automatically just take out of the running because they're not going to be there. Kedon Slovis, Sam Howell. Neither one of them will get drafted because they both were freshmen last year. So they may be top 25 quarterbacks this year, but they're not going to be draft eligible until 2022. So we don't have to worry about them. But... Coming in at number 10 for me, Ian Book, Notre Dame. Book returned for his senior season with the Irish and has had a big-time experience as a starter the last two years. He's thrown for 57 touchdown passes and will move to at least second in the category in Notre Dame next season if he does not have an injury. Uh, since 2010, two quarterbacks from Notre Dame have been drafted in Jimmy Claussen and Deshaun Kaiser. Book will look to be the third. The biggest thing about Book, he's not a good vertical passer. Short game, great. Able to extend plays in the middle of the field? Great. Is he able to get that 45-yard pass downfield? Nope. Okay, so we take him out immediately. Number nine, Derek King, Miami. Derrick King is a guy who, when we're talking about this, and all said and done, Miami could be the team to watch for next year with him under center. They really could. And it's not like a Tate Martell situation where, yeah, we're going to bring in Martell, he's going to transfer to us, and then we don't like him, so we're going to play him at a different position. They're all in on King. The Houston product could have gone anywhere. He literally could have gone anywhere, and he probably would have been successful. But his dual threat ability and his definite size will be a factor, but a lot of people are going to view him as a running quarterback. But the last few years, we've seen quarterbacks who are undersized and undervalued just immediately make that jump to the next level. Kyler Murray finishes the AP Offensive Rookie of the Year last year. Year before, Baker Mayfield, not a big guy, about six feet, maybe six foot one. Same thing. King's 5'11, uh, six foot maybe. That speed's gonna be the reason why he's successful. But you gotta see what he can do with his arm. Because the difference between a guy like King. Who's going to get you a lot of points with his legs? I mean, you look at his two years as the full-time starter. He had 24 rushing touchdowns, and each season finished with at least near 400 rushing yards. He's inconsistent as a passer. I mean, because look at his numbers from year two to year three as the quarterback. He threw seven touchdowns and two interceptions, threw 1,260 yards. In year three as the junior starting quarterback, he went 2,982 yards but he was successful in the red zone, scoring 36 touchdowns and 6 interceptions. So again, if he works out in Miami, you could definitely make a case for him. This is the way the NFL is working. The more dual threat, the more you have in the cannon, the more you have in the weapons chest, the more valuable you are. But right now, I can't put him any higher than 9 because of there's just too much unproven about him. Coming in at number 8 for me, I'm going to go KJ Costello out of Mississippi State. Here's the thing. Costello played in 29 games at Stanford over the last three seasons, but he's missed time due to a concussion and thumb injury. He transferred to Mississippi State under Mike Leach in his pass-happy offense. Basically, here's what we're going to say. In the SEC, you're going to have an SEC defense, an SEC offense, an SEC defense, an SEC offense, an SEC defense, and then a Pac-12 air raid offense that's going to either ignite a fire in Starkville or immediately burn to the ground. But if you look at the success of what Anthony Gordon had under Mike Leach, and what Garner Minshew had under Mike Leach, and even what Luke Falk had under Mike Leach. There's no reason to believe that Costello cannot be another guy who maybe you take in the fourth or fifth round, maybe you don't take him early, but you you take him and you see what you got. This is a West Coast guy going into the SEC with a West Coast offense and a West Coast air raid skill. Everything is going to be a pass-happy team up in Starkville. So, is one, going to get a ton of looks under center, or in, I guess, shotgun formation. But, two, he's going to be able to enhance his quarterback numbers on a weekly basis, and he's going to keep defenses guessing what's going on. Because of while the Pac-12 will run the ball, they're known for passing it more than anything else. Number seven, Kyle Trask out of Florida. This is a guy who could stay another year, but Trask improved... Every single game last season, what everyone thought AM was going to be in year two under Jimbo Fisher, that's what Dan Mullen was in Gainesville for Florida. They were a 10-win team. They were a quality defense. They kept their offense afloat. They won big games. They didn't lose that much. They lost to Georgia and they lost to another team. I'm, I'm blanking on the other team right now. But 10-2 when they won the Orange Bowl. Florida's been consistent with their quarterback and with their head coach. So if Trask can continue his progression, and if he wants to come out, he has the size, he has the arm, he has the ball skills, he needs to work on his placement a little bit. But if he can just connect with his receivers a little bit more this year, he could be an early riser. Number six, Sam Ellinger. Ellinger is going to be the most interesting quarterback this year because He can do a little bit of everything. The 6'3", 230-pound quarterback is going to return for a senior season, and he's piled up 68 passing touchdowns, 25 rushing touchdowns, and I think only 20 interceptions. His accuracy has improved every single season, but again, he doesn't have that it-factor arm. Yeah, he can avoid the pressure in the pocket, but he doesn't have that skill set that's like, wow, I want this guy to be my starting quarterback. He's another run-of-the-mill guy. And you know what? That's fine in the NFL, If you build around your defense or you build around a quarterback who's pretty decent, they're going to become better. Tom Brady should never have been the quarterback he was, but Bill Belichick built around him and he built a defense up for him to get success, and that builds confidence. And that's something that people don't mention enough. When you build a team, you also have to build up their confidence. And that's what Bill Belichick did with Tom Brady, and that's why he's a six-time Super Bowl champion. Coming in at number five for me, Brock Purdy out of Iowa State. Purdy has 43 touchdowns and 16 interceptions in two years under Matt Campbell's offense and should continue to develop. He's also turning into a consistent mobile quarterback in the red zone. He had 13 rushing touchdowns in the past two years. But the biggest thing you got to know about Purdy is although he doesn't have that six foot four frame, he's got a bigger arm than a lot of people can give him credit for. Last season alone. He had eight games with 300 or more passing yards in those games. I think that alone puts you in a category of success. I think that that's something that you really have to wonder, is that going to transition to the NFL? And if so, congratulations. Number five is Kellen Mond. Kellen Mond has a lot to prove still. But if you look at when he's healthy, here's a fun stat for you. Mom was the only SEC player last year to throw for 2,500 passing yards and 500 rushing yards. He's been consistent, but consistency isn't always a good thing, like I said. You have to be able to move a little bit better. He has good size, he's very athletic, and he has a ton of starting experience. But now with all this starting experience, you have to take that next jump and that next elevation to the new level. If you cannot do that, you're not going to be anything special. Those are things that you have to really worry about when you see him. I give him a little bit of a slack. The offensive line hasn't been good. But if the if the offensive line's not that great, well, okay. You know what? If you still improve, you'll put be put behind an offensive line where you can be good. And I do think that he will be better than advertised. Number four is Trey Lance out of North Dakota State. A lot of people are not going to give this kid a lot of credit, but I am. Lance threw 28 touchdown passes and zero interceptions in 2019 as his first year starter. This is going to be the wild card of the qb once. Everyone's going to talk about him as, well, who can he be? Can he be something special? Is he going to be a guy who maybe is kind of like Jordan Love? Yeah, we know what he can do, but he's from a smaller school. But he racked up 42 touchdowns last year and completed 69% of his Throws on his way to another national title. He has all the physical tools you want a starting quarterback. He stands at six hundred twenty-one. A lot of NFL scouts have taken notice of him. He's gotten better throughout the season. He will be a wild card to say the least, but he is going to be a very, very, very good quarterback. Number three is Jamie Newman. Jamie Newman completed twenty-five of at least twenty-five air yards in twenty nineteen. That was the fifth most in the FBS. Good size, good athleticism. Again, if the NFL is moving to more of a dual threat style where you have to have a good arm and you have to have great rushing and be able to avoid the pack, Newman is probably the most well-versed between the two when you look at size. Not when you look at on skill set because Justin Fields, I think, would take that to the cake. But for size, for what you want in the NFL, he's going to be exceptional. Number two, this is very simple. It's Justin Fields. Justin Fields has all the skills to be a dual threat quarterback, one that can rush, one that can pass, one that can evade pressure, one that could be exactly like a Kyler Murray. And if he wins the Heisman this year, I think you can start gearing up the conversation. Can he be the number one pick over the guy who is number one? And I'm not going to spend a lot of time with this because you already know who it is. It's Trevor Lawrence. Trevor Lawrence right now looks like the most complete quarterback prospect we've seen in a long time. And whoever gets him, right now a lot of people are saying Jacksonville. I don't think Jacksonville is, personally. I think Carolina is, more so. If I had to make a bet right now, I think Carolina maybe isn't going to be the number one overall pick, but I don't think gardner Minshew's the biggest problem out in Jacksonville. So, if he's the guy, yeah, cool. Let's do it. But no matter what, this is the most pro-ready quarterback we've seen in a very long time. So, I don't have to really make excuses. So, again... Kellen Mond is the QB 5 for me heading into the season for draftable quarterbacks. As an overall quarterback going into this year, I would have him as number 11. I think you look at guys such as Keaton Slovas, you look at guys such as Sam Howell, they had better years last year. But 11 just outside the top 10, not bad. If the offensive line can get better, he's going to be better. And all those things add up to a solid season. So again, if he's number 5 to start the year as... Quarterback draft prospect at number 11, A&M's in good hands. That's going to do it for this edition of Locked on Aggies. Make sure you're following us on social media at Mr. Cole Thompson and at Locked on Aggies. And while you're at it, take a listen to Chad Forbes' big NBA draft show. This is all about the NBA draft prospects. Guys, we could be hearing their names called very soon whenever the nba draft is but he's got 24 7 coverage for you over on his channel so go ahead and hit that like button that subscribe button tomorrow we'll be talking something else about aggies i don't know what yet but we will be talking something aggies tomorrow so make sure you tune in we'll see you soon and remember you give you all this has been locked on aggies presented by the locked on podcast network